Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 44 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined today by my co-host, Devin and JD, and one special guest that we have here. You can see pictured if you're watching on video. That's Halleck. <laughs> it's, not really, it's, it's not really him. Uh, Mike is cannot be with us today. He's actually on vacation, and I think he's in Seattle right now touring um, the West Coast, so... He can't be with us. He's having fun being away. But I'm glad to be here with you guys with only 232 days remaining until Anthem gets its official um, wide release. Um, I think it's 225 days. If you get it with Origin Access, you get 10 days early. So, oh, yeah. Well, not 10 days, but I think it's like 7 days early or something like that. I think that's how math works. But, guys, glad to be with you. How was your 4th of July, JD? Did you have a good one? I would say so. I mean, uh, you know, not much. There weren't a lot of fireworks where I was, uh, but, you know, uh, barbecued some ribs, uh, had some beers, and uh, went swimming. Had a big old pool party. Taught my grandma how to play beer pong, so that was fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Did she beat you playing that game? Uh, No, 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 but my grandpa managed to beat her, which, you know, wasn't exactly hard, but... Your grandpa beat your grandma? That's... I don't know if you should be, like, telling people that, JD. (laughs) He he beat her at beer pub. Oh, okay. Beat her at beer pub. A little bit of clarification. Devin, how was your uh, 4th of July? Uh, It was pretty good. We drove up to Silverton, Colorado, went up there for the parade, uh, they didn't have any fireworks this year uh, because of the forest fires that are right nearby. Um, yeah, you probably drove was, right by all the forests that had already burned down. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the smoke was super thick uh, before we got uh, past the fire. So uh, it was really cool, though. They had a fly a flyover like they normally do every year. The first jet was super low. He actually almost ran into the mountain. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh crap! And you could just see him like he was super low, really fast, and he's like, whoa! Oh! <laughs> Slammed on the air brakes, <laughs> and then took a that's tried a, to go up and over it and made it. That's actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the second one, he was like, I'm gonna go a, little, a lot higher than that, but then he got to the mountain, and then he just went, just went straight vertical and took off. It's crazy. Air shows, so. are, air shows are something that I miss. We used to have them here in Farmington, and they don't do them anymore, but I really enjoyed those air shows. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. So, guys, I just, as our as our get-to-know-you introduction, um, for all the new listeners, just so they get to know the host, before we jump into um, our anthem discussion, I wanted to know and kind of get a feeling of what your guys' first um, video game-related memories are. JD, do you have, what was the first video game you remember playing? Uh, first video game I remember playing uh, is that I remember playing clearly uh, was probably Spyro on the original PlayStation. Uh, we got the PlayStation um, because the doctor recommended it would help my brother with you know like keeping his uh, hand-eye uh, coordination and motor skills from deteriorating over time. So we got that Christmas, and they're like, "Hey, 
you're the big brother, he does everything you do, so play video games. And I did that, and my mom got in on it too, and we were like, my brother and I, we were so amazed with my mom, because she was just constantly like, so much better at it, uh, better, better at it than we were. <laughs> but then again, we were just kids, like we were like, I don't know, yeah. five and three. Those, so. those moms got skills, so watch out for those moms. Devin, you got a, oh, yeah. your first video game memory? Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what the game is called. It was on Commodore 64. Um, I probably should have looked this up. Probably, <laughs> but that's okay. We're professionals here. We're professionals. It was my daughter's eighth birthday today. All right, I was oh, busy. happy birthday to your daughter. That's exciting. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. Um, but I remember we had a Commodore 64 for a little while, and there was some game that had these records, and your character had to, like, hop in between them at the right times, and... Uh, it was pretty fun. That was that was kind of my first video game memory. Um, shortly thereafter, um, I think we were actually just borrowing the Commodore 64. We had it for a couple of weeks. Is all I really remember. But uh, then I got uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Whoa! And the rest was history. And it was so, all down. It was actually from technically there. for my sisters uh, because I was like four or five when it came out. I don't know when did it come out. Whenever we bought it, it came out before then. Came out in '85. Yeah. And so I was only three when it came out then. <laughs> so, I, um, but yeah, we got one, and then I soon took it over. So, very nice. I think my first memory. I think I remember my mom playing. She would she would stay up late playing Tetris on the on the on the NES. And I think that's like my first memory of actually video games being played. I remember playing a lot of MS DOS games. My dad always, for some reason with his business, always had um, computers and he was always upgrading computers. So we went from MS DOS to the next thing up. And I remember playing Donald Duck Adventures on that game. It was a very, very weird game. It taught you math, taught you about all kinds of different stuff. But fun memories. It's, it's very interesting to see where video games have, have come since then from those, you know, 8-bit pixels to what we have up here on the screen with, you know, fully rendered facial expressions that are you that are mo-capped and almost look pretty realistic. So, it's kind of exciting time. It costs times. a lot to mo-cap JD. I mean, it does. Uh, the rendering alone for JD is video. Is yeah, I guess you guys found me out. I'm actually Halleck and uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to shave half I had to shave half of my beard off. It was crazy. <laughs> I wish I could grow a beard, but that's neither, neither here nor there. So guys, um, today actually, luckily we did not record yesterday because it was a holiday here in the United States. Happy, happy Canada Day. I think that was on Monday, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. For I all think it was the, last week, wasn't it? Eh, I thought it was Monday. I could be wrong. Well, happy late Canada Day to all the Canadians. So I hope you had a, hope you had a good one. No, I think we did say that happy Canada Day last time. It's because we're nice and more polite like that. So today, um, BioWare was kind enough to release the full 20-minute demo that they showed off to everyone at EA Play. Um, this is the demo yeah. that we actually got to see twice. We got to see see it on the big giant screen, great surround sound. Um, the devs were there playing. Um, ben was actually up there giving the same presentation that you heard um, through the video. He did that probably a billion times throughout <laughs> the 30 days. Yeah, live at EA Play. So um, I th I'm sure that script is burned into his head um, there were variations um, from when we saw the demo the two times so it wasn't something that was just pre-recorded there were variations from the two times that we went and watched and there's variations on the video that they released today so I think we wanted yeah. to do a deep dive in the video there's a lot of things that we missed while we were there watching it in person just because I think 
we were we were pretty amazed by everything that we were seeing. I mean, being in there when they have a full surround sound system going, I mean that the sound adds a ton to the experience. It's hard to describe unless you're there, but it, it's it's way more immersive when you can feel those shots, um, you know, vibrating through you because of the because of the bass that they have in there. So there's a lot of things we missed, a lot of things we want to cover. We have got a lot of screenshots for those that are watching on YouTube or live with us on Mixer. So we're going to cover a lot of those things. Um, before we dive in, guys, you have anything you want to say um, to lead up to this? Um, no, I mean, it was really good. Um, obviously, we couldn't take notes while we were watching it. You can't, you couldn't record, couldn't take notes. You put your cell phones in your pockets, no secret recordings. I guess we could have <laughs> taken an old school pen and paper, but I don't know if anyone even sells that anymore. Uh, that's what I have on my desk right here. That's I oh, they do notes. sell it. Huh, I've been looking yes. for pencil for, but, for years now. No, it's good. I've been waiting for them to release this for a long time because it was really good when we watched it. And uh, today I've watched it, I think, five times already. So, And I'm only just getting started. So. That's a lot of times. All right, so real quick, it opens up with us in the Strider. And this, when they did release the, I think they, they called it the trailer. They did the interview with Andre Rene was there. They had the devs on, on board. They showed about four minutes of this mm -hmm. demo at the end of there. And it started out in the Strider, but we just had a quick close-up of Halleck. So as you, as you go through the Strider, um, you can tell that the Strider is lived in. It's actually used as a mobile base. It's not just you know an empty husk of a shell that takes you places. There, are, there's cables everywhere. There's bullet casings. There's bags. There's what looks like there's a looks like to be some stuffed animal inside of there, which is kind of interesting. Um, if you look in there on the right side of the screen when you go up there, it looks to be like some sort of stuffed bear. It's it's the little details like this that let you know that you know a lot of thought is being put into it. It's not just it's like, okay, if, if I lived here, what would I have in here? You know, maybe you do have a stuffed animal that you had or you found while you were out there um, fighting off the scars. Looks like there's a Frisbee, tons of electrical equipment, probably stuff that you need to repair um, javelins. Do have you have you guys looked at the inside of the Strider and saw anything that kind of sticks out to you? Like, hey, what is that? Or, you know, this is the kind of detail you want in the game? Uh, the thing I was wondering is, you know, when we have different javelins, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, the plate that that javelin is attached to, if it, like, just gets sucked down into the strider and then another one comes up with the one that you're on. I mean, I'm wondering how they change that out or if it's changed out before you even load into the strider. Oh, um, you mean you mean the multiple javelins? So if you have a Colossus yeah. or, a, or an Interceptor? Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it, it is your forward cool. base of operations, so it's possible that there's more space that they kind of store the other javelins and you go back to it. Well, um, I mean, it's huge, right? So It is very large. However, um, if you look, I'm just going to go through a couple of these pictures that I um, that I went through. So, well, we, we can save it. I took a picture, I took a screenshot of something that we saw that maybe might answer that question, but I'm not sure, so... So these are kind of the first up-close shots that we've got of Faye. Um, she's, I don't know if she's the cipher. I don't remember them saying that she's... They're all ciphers, right? So anybody in that forward base of operations, they can all be, they're all ciphers. Because any one of them can talk to you while you're playing. So so, that, so only one person can talk to us at a time? Like one person has the has the comm link is what is what you're saying then? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah uh, I think it's... 
what, what, what's his name again? Is it Owen? It's Owen Halleck and Faye. Yeah, it's Owen, like at the very beginning of the demo, who says, uh, uh, "Who who's got or, or something along the lines of who's got the uh, so who's in the, the cipher, cipher seat? Yeah, yeah, who's in the cipher seat?" And uh, she says, "Oh, the chairs." Well, Faye says that the chair is empty, and he's like, "Yes." So it, I mean, it's a it's like an actual spot, like that they operate from inside the forward base of operations inside the Strider. So, and it appears that people can switch between it as well. So, do you all think this will be one of those branching story um, story options we get to choose whenever we go into a mission? We get to choose who the cipher is, and based on that, that'll kind of change up the way that the story mission actually plays out. I don't know if we choose who the cipher is, but maybe our actions kind of determine who they put into that that spot. You know, maybe we do something to upset one of our crew <laughs> and uh you know so maybe they don't want to chat with us or something i'm not sure or they could be more hostile to us or more favorable to us i mean the other thing is is that they might have like a personal mission that they have like a certain investment in or a certain stake in like a personal stake in and for like something like that it's like oh hey halleck has like a long lost son that he wants to go in and rescue so all throughout that mission like he's a cipher because he wants to personally oversee it mm -hmm. you know it could be things like that too a lot of options so jd i saw you put in the notes here you wrote some um eharmony.com profiles on these characters so you put here <laughs> on so you want to go over uh what you think of the characters uh the three ciphers that we have in our forward base of operations uh, well, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't really have much for Faye just yet. Um, aside from Faye looking like a weird, like, cyber nun of the future. but A um, cyber nun? See, to a me, she looks like that dancer chick that gets fed to... Uh, to the ring? Yeah, Jabba. Yeah, yeah. Jabba. <laughs> That's who she looks she, like. she doesn't get fed to Jabba. She gets fed to the Rancor. Well, yeah, um, but that's so just basically that creature that, you know... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She looks like a Twi'lek. Um, no, yeah, she doesn't. She she only has like two lines in this, so like there's not really much of a personality to see there. She's, you know, um, but Owen definitely has. Uh, Owen seems a bit shy. Uh, he seems really excited to be in the cipher seat. So um, that's what I got from that. And then you have here that Halleck has nice teeth, which. Man, that guy's got some chompers on him. It's like, who um, wrote this? <laughs> well, he has very straight teeth, right? I'm just, I'm just pointing yeah. it out. He has very straight teeth. That's all. Yeah. Not to mention, he also like he has like he's wearing like I'm not sure if all of his outfit is necessarily like it, it is like just clothing or if it's some of it actually it's like helping him with some of the injuries that he looks like he has because he's he has like some kind of limp. He he looks like he's seen some action. I, I know from, we, we see him in one of the cinematic trailers kind of like drinking and looking at like a, 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 a like Colossus a, helmet. I think from the, Colossus yeah, helmet. From, this, from the story cinematic, I think we're led yeah. to believe that he was actually in the Colossus suit that was struck by lightning while he was out there on a mission. So I'm assuming he sustained some, inter some injuries from that, and that's why he's helping us out. So he probably... Yeah, it would make sense. Storm couldn't handle it. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like it was probably Shaper Storm and he got hit by lightning. So so that that's what I'm guessing. Um, I think he, he's got a bunch of necklaces on. Looks like they're like home beads that are made from something. Then he's got some cabling on there. You know, probably just some stuff that he's picked up. And now he seems like a super happy guy for someone that's, you know, probably 
never going to go out into a javelin again, but... Maybe that's why he's happy. Because he never has to go out there again? It's very possible. And he's got good-looking teeth. I mean, maybe they have really good dentists in Fort Tarsus. Or maybe that's something that they just don't have problems with anymore on how they develop. Their humans don't have tooth decay. That would be pretty awesome. That would push me enough to even go live on this planet. So... So next up, unless you guys want to talk about um, anyone else here, um, they showed us the map. So just real quick, there are a lot of areas on this map. So really quickly, we from the map, we see the Eastern Reach. These are all named areas of this map. There's the Eastern Reach, the East Gate, the Great Falls Canyon, the Academy Ruins. The Fortress of Dawn is up there to, oops, I went right past that. It's up there to the left. And then we have the high road and we have the abyss. And this looks like a very small portion of the map that, that we're actually going to get. Mark Dara did confirm that this is not the entirety of the map that will be there at release. There's obvious, obviously more things. There's more little trails. It looks like the orange trails are basic routes in between these areas that we can fly between. I don't know if all the blue is actually bodies of water or if that's underground water. I think it's water. Do you think it's above ground? I think it just indicates that it's the water that, yeah, that it's like ground level and then it goes wherever, you know, it's just showing the the water. Uh, Because the water is so important because you can go underneath, right? So you can go into the water, so. Right. And it looks like we do have some new icons that we have not seen previously in any of the other things. Um, So we have the little arch doorway. Um, I'm guessing. We saw that one last year. I don't think we saw it last year. I don't remember the arch doorway at all. Yeah, don't you remember after they stomped those scar and they were going by right before they opened up the chest, and it showed the thing they're talking about uh, the Deadfall Caverns. Oh, Kim needs the XP. Kim needs like the that. XP. I thought that was the icon that showed up. I, I thought I, I thought I remember that being like a skull icon though. Yeah, I don't think it was archway. I could be wrong. It's possible. I could go back and I'm do some research after, but I don't think we've seen the arch doorway before. So it looks like um, we jump into the Scars and Villainy, um, and this one it says launch the expedition. So the expeditions, I think they were saying these are not, I don't think this is a main story mission, because this is one, um, you can launch an expedition anywhere, and you can go into uh, strongholds at any of the expedition launches. And then it looks like we also have two other icons on here. We have the Anthem logo icon. Um, which I'm guessing is most likely going to be a main story mission. And then we have a skull icon, which I don't even know what that would be, unless that's like a world event, like the Titan, because we do fly by a Titan when they jump into here. So what do you guys think? You think in this, the Anthem logo is main story icon? Yeah, I would say yes. Story. I mean, it seems like... Um, that skull image was in last year's demo also. Yes, it was. Um, I'm trying to find that image. I could have found <laughs> Oh, that's right. I think we probably have it saved somewhere. But, yeah, so kind of new. Um, the map looks really cool. I'm really liking the, the way that the map looks. It's a little bit more interactive. It's kind of more topographical. Um, a little bit more detailed than, than just being a flat, you know, select here to go here. Mm-hmm. And it looks nice. I really like the way it looks. Well, you can see over by the east gate there where it's kind of dark. I think that's their version of the uh, cloud, you know, basically you know, where you haven't gone yet, you know. Kind of like the fog so of war. A, yeah, their fog of war. So it's you can't really see it, and um, you have to go through the, those areas to clear it out. So. 
yeah, it would make sense that it's all hidden until you get in there. Then you can start unlocking the map and fast traveling because fast travel will be available to us in the game, and we know that. So, so real quick as we jump out of the Strider, um, one of the things I noticed as I was watching this, if you look through the porthole behind the Colossus here, I'm pretty sure that's Fort Tarsus um, yeah, right behind us. So it looks like we're just coming straight out of Fort Tarsus. I don't know if that means this is an early mission because we're so close or just that we have to go to the fort, pick up our javelin, put it in the Strider, and then head, head out on a mission because you're right, the, the Strider doesn't look big enough to house four different suits and then be able to move them around. I would assume you need some pretty large heavy machinery to load one and unload it. Because what are you going to yeah. do with that I mean, colossal? Just set it to the side when you throw another suit up there? Seems like that would be I mean, be it could difficult. always be a matter of, like, hammer space. You know, like, you guys, everybody here knows what hammer space is. Hammer space? You put your hammer in. Is that, like, hammer <laughs> like, you know, like You know, like how, like, Bugs Bunny in a cartoon would, like, just reach over his shoulder and, like, pull out a hammer, like, from nowhere? I mean, it's just a thing that they do, like, in movies and stuff to pull out things, but not really explain where they come from. I got you. Yeah. I mean, they maybe, but I would, hmm, I would think they'd, maybe, I don't know. I would think you would probably be go back. It would be cheap that. Yeah, I think you would probably go back to Fort Tarsus, load up what you need, and then head out on the Strider. I think so. I think that would kind of defeat the purpose of your forward base of operations. Although, it, like, that close to Fort Tarsus is almost defeats the purpose anyways. Right, because you could, right, just, you could just right jump there. off of the tower from there. But Yeah. All right, anything else on that? If not, I would like to move on because I did notice some pretty interesting things with this new Ranger Javelin that we were showing off. It's not that it's a new Ranger Javelin, but I did notice that there are some nice shiny armor bits on this um, Ranger compared to what we saw last year. So all the the armor plating on the legs and armor plating on the on the hands and on the arms is very shiny. So I know it's not like a huge deal, but if there's options that we can change tints from like, you know, a gloss, high gloss to a matte that adds more customization to our javelins and just gives it that little bit more piece of making it your own, I think that's pretty cool. So just something I noticed as we were moving on. I'm, I'm sure you guys probably didn't notice how shiny the javelin's legs were. So No, I, I, I didn't. Completely matte black with neon green and orange. <laughs> you do you, Devin. <laughs> so Pink. One, so one thing we did get to see, we did get to see the two Colossuses side by side. We saw the Red Colossus, and then we saw Scylla, who was piloting the White Colossus. Um, they look very different. Um, same form factor, but uh, Scylla, the White Colossus is very... It looks a lot softer. I don't know. The edges are a lot more rounded. They're not as hard as the Red um, Colossus is. The Red Colossus looks like it was something that came straight out of a power plant. It's pipes, it's metal plates, looks like it's just slapped together. Anything you can find is armor, you just throw it on there. It looks like, I mean, the, the pipes on that thing make it look like it has a roll cage, which is kind of well, interesting. Well, it's, it's not even sealed up, So, whereas the white one is more sealed, like you can't see the back of the head or any of that stuff, whereas in the red one you can see uh, through the hole in the top, you can see the back of the helmet that they're wearing inside. So. Yeah, and the Red Colossus does look like they have a, an actual helmet that you put on. The White Colossus looks like there's just some sort of black marble with an ice lid yeah. in there. So It's the same yeah. ice lid they have on the helmet, you know, on the right. other one. Right, but it just looks what, like What's the name marble. of those Honda robots? Like, I, I kind of like those, like, I, I 
I really get that vibe looking at the the white Colossus, like those like little like walking like Honda robots. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it definitely yeah, has a little the, bit with the white, so. like the, the black the, the the face. And I, I think it's very cool that you can have two colossals, Colossus, Colossi. I'll go Colossi, Colossuses. There's two Colossuses, Colossuses obviously the same the same type, but they can four. look vastly different. So no one wants four Colossuses. All right, as, moving on, unless you guys want to keep talking about the Colossuses. We, we uh, went... So one thing I did see before we get to this one Go ahead. Um, was right as soon as they pan back behind them, so they're looking forward, you see on the left, we don't have a picture here, but uh, if you look on the left, there's actually uh, ruins from a civilization. You know, It looks like it's a brick. You know, uh, Here in New Mexico, we live next to or close to a lot of uh, Native American uh, ancient Indian ruins. <laughs> And so it looks like just ruins built from someone trying to live there, you know, where they they made some bricks and stacked it all up, kind of looked like a castle sort of on the on the left hand side there as you jump off your strider. So Yeah, and I'm wondering I that was be, interesting. I'm I'm wondering if because it is so close to Fort Tarsus, is if that was originally where humanity um stayed. And then it's before slowly- they yeah, fort before they before they actually built the fort, or if the fort was just automatically there and the shapers left the fort for the humans so that they can fend mm-hmm. for themselves, so they didn't have to start from nothing in a in a land where all these giant monsters are roaming around, because that would be probably kind of hard to survive, especially with the creatures that we've seen so far in the demo. Being able yeah. having to hide just behind a couple bricks would probably be pretty tough to do. So. I don't know. It is very interesting. Um, it'd be cool to explore what's right there, just right outside the fort. So that will be interesting. I did notice. I'm sure you're going to talk about the loot here uh, before. So I thought it was interesting because when they picked up the first epic loot, it had a picture of a handgun on it. And so um, they did say, while the loot is going to be more tailored to the javelin that you're wearing, that you also still be able to get loot from four different javelins. So. I was like, hey, can't you use the handgun? He's a Colossus. But then I was like, well, maybe it's for a different javelin. So. Yeah, I guess I forgot that we that the Colossus won't be able to use a handgun because it's too small. Yeah. So, But, yeah, that is interesting that they were able to pick it up. I guess they say it will be more catered to, so it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't ever get those drops. But Yeah. yeah pretty I'm hoping it's more, you know, a rarity that you get stuff for the other ones or, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I guess it depends on how much we want to switch back and forth because it was always, I mean, in competing games, it's super annoying to get stuff for a different uh, character that you never play. <laughs> right. Shard it. Shard that crap. But we don't need to talk about that. But the only reason I, I put this picture up because as Jen is running through here, um, there's obviously a legendary drop over here by this epic drop. And she just mm-hmm. runs past it, doesn't want us to see what kind of legendary drops there are. So doesn't get either one. And I know they trolling us. And I know they said, um, uh, shoot, I think it was um, Jonathan Warner said in the, I forget what interview it was, but they said that epic or legendary loot was going to be pretty rare. So it's kind of interesting to see one so so soon after this. I mean, that could be because of a whole bunch of stuff, because of older builds and stuff. But come on, you could just pick it up, show us what it is, and that would be pretty awesome. So we did also get to see the see the wave emote. Um, I remember the second time that we watched the we watched the demo. The demo um, shoot, Silla did a, he did a second emote that wasn't the wave emote. I don't remember if it was yeah. like a fist pump 
or, or like punch the fist or something, but there was... I thought he was just like pointing. Was it pointing? It, it might have been pointing, but it was definitely something different other than the wave. Um, but of course, we didn't write it down because, you know, sometimes that's how things go. We're too go. excited about that. <laughs> right. All right, and the other thing that we had on here um, is we showed them fighting um, a couple of the creatures. They were, they were fighting the scrappers, and the ranger threw out the ice grenade. And we, they do have indicators for status effects, and that's something that we hadn't seen before. I thought so, these these ones right here were shot by the storm ice uh, ability. No, these were shot by the grenade. This is before the storm comes mm -hmm. in. No. Maybe? This is right after it. Yeah, this, this one's actually right after it. Because it's off to the side, it should be off to the right of this image over there, and it's like shooting it with the ice ability. Mm. Either way, we do have status effects, um, icons that indicate what is happening. So I'm guessing there's going to be one for fire. Um, I guess I don't remember seeing the one over the Hive Tyrant um, when it was set on fire, yeah. though. There's uh, there's a couple of them, because on the Hive Tyrant, it also has ice and fire on it at the same time, actually, so it can be affected by multiples. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's basically just an indicator of status effects, which will be really useful for setting up combos if you don't know. Like, if you don't have, like, an active, like, voice communication between every member on your squad, like, that's going to be essential because you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, okay, I have, they're frozen. All I need is, like, a high-impact ability or an explosive ability that'll, you know, sh uh, get the shatter combo or whatever. And it, Yeah, and it's very possible that the weapons and the armor that, that we do get will increase the effectiveness and the duration of the status effects. What we did see here, they didn't last very long um, because they killed them super quick right after. They you know, did all their combo stuff and blew everyone away, but it'll be interesting to see if some weapons, some grenades, actually extend the duration of a frost grenade or of a lightning storm or any of those other things. So a lot of options for them to create weapons that, that affect that also. That lightning storm, man, just seemed crazy. <laughs> we also did get to see, as they are flying through the Scar encampments, um, Owen points out that there are wyverns there, and they're being attacked by the Scar. Um, so I'm wondering if if those wyverns are actually enemies that would attack us, or if we can attack them also. Because as we did fly by, the Scar started firing at us instead of at the wyvern. So I'm wondering if those are other creatures that we're going to be able to fight also. Because the, the world is very populated. There are tons of animals, tons of wildlife. Uh, everywhere that you go, everywhere that you see, there's something there. It's definitely a world that feels lived in. And it doesn't... I don't know if it felt cluttered to you guys. It didn't feel too cluttered to me. It feels open, yeah. but it feels alive, if that makes any sense. I mean, the Scar Encampment really reminded me of, like, uh, what are those, where is it in, like, uh, Brazil or whatever, all the, the slums or whatever? You're thinking where of the, the stacks from Ready Player One. I think that's what you're thinking of. Nah, not really, no. I'm thinking of Fast and Furious with all the crap. <laughs> ah, are you are you talking about the favelas? or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what favelas. it reminded me of as they're going by, because they're all stacked on top of each other. and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also uh, interesting to think about like you have all these animals running around and it's like in the most recent uh, Dragon Age game like part of gathering resources or materials involved actually hunting some animals uh, so I mean uh, are like are there 
are there javelin parts or weapons that require you know like the hide of wyverns or uh of these of these like glowing well we can't we can't fight underwater so i don't think we'll be able to kill any fish but um i think maybe maybe some of the creatures that we encounter um are peaceful but we might have to kill them anyways just to get some cool stuff yeah, and we so haven't we, heard, we haven't heard too much of the crashing system, but I I imagine as we as we pan over to a bunch of the other creatures like the um, the Titan that we see, the Titan looks like it has armor plating on it, so that are, can definitely be a possibility of getting plates or materials from killing a Titan and from killing the other creatures that we saw at the beginning of the video because they look like they have armor plating on. And it does give you reason and it does give you incentive to go out and find those things, fight those creatures in, in order to make a whole Colossus suit made out of the bones of a Titan, I guess. So one thing we Yeah, we're kind of like, getting into some, uh, some Monster Hunter-esque gameplay of, you know, like, kill a boss, get loot, make stuff from it. Yeah, and that's definitely something that uh, Monster Hunter has seen success from. And I hope the crafting system is involved and it is deep. If it's just a surface level, this is just a stopgap until you get to the really high-end loot drops, then then I'm not a fan of that. I want to have an incentive to start collecting things. Otherwise, collecting things just seems very boring to me. So, Well, I think, you know, because they put it in free play, they're like, if you want to, you know, go and collect materials and everything that you need for crafting, that's what they say that's what you're really going to be doing in the free room. That's the materials and stuff that you're going to find that you're going to need are going to be more readily available in the free realm than they would be during a regular mission. So. Right. So one thing yeah. that we did see when the storm did join, um, the storm join animation was the same animation that we saw back in the 2017 EA trailer okay. or E3 trailer. So that hasn't changed yet. I was kind of hoping to see more from the storm, but that has not changed. And then um, Ben does say that we've heard this before, but you can play with anyone at any level. And they did clarify on Twitter because someone asked, you know, if how do how do they have a level one storm javelin if we have to unlock it later on down the line? And they said it was just for this demo that it was level one. So you will actually you'll be a higher level than level one when you unlock the storm. Yeah. Well, I thought they have both a so you have a javelin yeah. level and a pilot level. So. Um. Yeah, so when you get when you get a storm javelin for the first time, it would make sense. It'd be like level one or level two. Um, the only the only thing that um, I remember bringing this up with a friend of mine when I was telling him about all the stuff uh, that I learned about Anthem, um, and like you know, like we were just you know sitting down having pizza, we're talking about, it, and I brought up that fact, and his question was kind of like, um, like how, how like how do they balance it with the storm? Like how how does the storm compete with the level thirty players? Like how, how, like in terms of like balancing overall strength of players and that sort of thing, so it doesn't feel like you're basically bringing along like a basically just like a meat shield, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they they're going to do it similar to Diablo. I think they're taking a lot of cues from Diablo three. Uh, Diablo three does it where if somebody's a higher level than you and you join up with them as a lower level character, they give you more help. You know, you, you take less damage and you do more damage. Um, the big problem is you have crappier gear, which is going to be the same in this this instance. You're going to have less abilities, worse gear, uh, but you'll still be able to kind of compete. And I mean, you're still going to be able to be killed, um, but you're not just going to be, you know, 
let me hang out in the back here. You guys kill everything while I just, you know, float along behind you guys and do nothing. So. And I think one of the cool okay. things that they showcase while they're going through this is when the storm actually starts the combo chain. That's another way that you'll be able to participate instead of just being on the back lines. I mean, the combos seem like they're very powerful. It increases the damage by quite a bit. So even if you are low level and you can start the chain, that's one more um, you know, round of damage you can get off of that combo, even if you are a lower level. So I think that's an awesome way to encourage that play also, that hey, you can still be in here, come drop your super, and then we can combo off of that. So you actually feel like you are participating and you are contributing um, to the fight. So I think that's one way that it'll help out a lot also. Well, and, I, and they, I mean, they showed off. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, that needs to go away or whatever. I don't want to see that. But it's like, I don't think they understand. Like, I mean, it seems like it's really, the combos are really important. And they're, I mean, they're stressing being able to play as a team and doing things as a, t things as a team. And so knowing, hey, there's a combo going on here, you know, and we need to try and build upon that and try and make more out of the situation because obviously it does more damage, you know. Um, so I, I think, you know, once they realize, hey, I, I kind of need to know when that's happening, that they're going to want those those notifications on the screen, you know, the, the floaties or whatever they're calling them right now. Yeah, yeah. I would think I, so. I, I, mean, also like, uh, I also like that a lot of the abilities are on kind of like they're not they're not super long uh, cooldown timers. So it's like you're. It's not like you're going to be like saving your ability just to do these combos. It seems like your abilities come back rather quickly. So like, there's a lot of encouragement not only to like go out and do your own thing, but also to be comboing with your buddies. Like, it it, it seems like it could happen uh, very often as opposed to just very very specific circumstances with the right timing. Yeah. And I know people say that they don't like the numbers. They don't like where it says combo because it takes them out of. Um, the immersion of playing the game. I wonder if I wonder how they feel about things like the HUD and damage um, bars over enemies because those things are still there. Um, I don't know. Maybe I I enjoy the numbers. I want to see the numbers continue to go up because that's kind of the point to see how how strong you are. So I well I can understand why I mean, they don't want it, but I don't understand why they don't want it. Well, I, I showed the, like the demo today. I, I sent it to a couple of my friends, and they're like, "Wow, this game looks really pretty. It's really nice." They're like those, all those numbers and the big combo you know, words and stuff. They're like it kind of distracts from that. But I mean, that's what there was. That was their first uh, impressions of it. But to me, I, I'm the same way. I want to see those numbers. Uh, you know, it's not going to be an issue for me. It's something that I want in the game. So. And I think in this in this demo, we've seen a lot of combat. And we haven't seen a lot of the exploration. If you look, um, I've got a screenshot up here of the Colossal just kind of watching the storm um, throw down their super. And it's really cool effect, um, the lightning. But if you look around the Colossus, like at all the foliage, I mean, that's yeah. like the game looks, the game looks really good. Like hats off to the environmental artists on this game because every shot looks like it could be a wallpaper that you want to put on your computer screen. It really right. does look amazing. The different, the different foliage, the different leaf sizes, the different shapes, and how it's all crawling up on the rocks. I mean, it really, it looks amazing. For everything else that's going on the screen, it's I, I'm very impressed with the environmental yeah. artists. It, on it the shows, you know, they've been working on this game a long time, and 
so uh, much of it looks handcrafted and it's phenomenal. It doesn't look like they just, you know, threw like a bunch of different, you know, assets in and then, you know, put them here, there, there, and just used them clever, well, in clever ways. It actually looks like somebody like put a lot of effort into putting like what plants where and like on what rock features and it, it like you said it looks at like a it looks like a lived in world or the world looks very lived in it, the world looks alive just straight up yeah yeah it looks really good and then i did take a picture i don't know what i did with this picture but right before the uh, storm decides to destroy all these scars down here it looks like that they were harvesting one of the spiders for its venom which is pretty yeah. gross. And I was like, um, so like which scar draws the short straw to get that job, <laughs> right? Because you're going to like go milk this giant spider that'll eat your face off and try and get all this venom out. I mean, how do you even begin to do that? I mean, there's got to be like the way. You guys got that, that gig. So they're like, there's always a new guy then because obviously they're, they're, there's probably high turnover rate for that job. Um, I'm guessing. I can Especially only imagine. Especially with us around <laughs> yeah, especially like, oh, here come the freelancers. You're just trying to milk and get venom out of this um, spider, and just all of a sudden you peaceful. get all Nothing of a sudden you get a lightning bolt come. come Nothing to see here. You, so, <laughs> all right, then real quick, so we get to see, and I took another picture of as we go up to the to the shaper relic, um, and now as I was watching this, as we see the relic, the shaper, what do they call it? the the interface, the shaper interface. It looks like yeah. it almost looks like liquid metal spikes are coming up, mm -hmm. and it's being distorted by the sound. And I know JD, you had talked about previously about your theory on how the shapers use sound to create the world, because it it definitely seemed like sound was playing a huge factor um, during this demo. Did you did you have a did you have a theory that you were playing off of? Well, so I, I only mentioned this, I believe, in our own Discord. I don't think I ever actually mentioned it on the podcast, but um, judging by, you know, like, you know, an anthem is usually like some kind of song. You know, we have um, the um, Shaper, well, uh, Shaper Relics or uh, Shaper Echoes or something like that. Like the, the, the motif seems to be uh, sound. And my kind of working theory is, is that the anthem of creation is some kind of it has something to do with um, uh, string theory from uh, quantum physics, which I'm no expert in. I've, I could not even begin to read uh, some of the books about it, but from my very crude understanding of it, it just deals with the idea that um, there are things, there, there are things uh, even smaller than the smart, all smallest particles that we know of. And uh, there's these strings and, based off of the way they vibrate that determines what they are so if this technology has maybe harnessed you know like you know uh vibrations and that sort of thing and as anybody who ever saw the magic school bus knows uh you know sound is made of vibrations uh like these could be things that make these audible sounds but it could be creating things by basically just forcing the the matter in an area to vibrate in certain ways to create something so like you vibrate you know like a one foot well one one cubic foot of air and you'd say hey vibrate like a rock and all of a sudden now you've got one cubic foot of stone so i mean i like i said crude understanding but that's my working theory as to what the anthem of creation might be yeah, I mean, I think with everything that we saw about the relic, when it's going, it sounds like a speaker 
with the bass on really high, like it's at an EDM rave. Um, just the way it's moving also, it looks like a, the way a speaker moves when it's turned up really loud. So kind of interesting theory. theory. It'll be interesting to, to see where that goes. Devin, you have any working theories? You probably have none. Work, no working theories. You're all unemployed theories. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. Uh, I haven't really thought too much about that. You know, I've just been focused on other areas. Um, I figure I'll let them tell me. I mean, I could think about it, but it's at this moment it's not important to me. Oh, whatever. I'll let, I'll let the story on. unfold as we Ho- play. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get those novels that uh, that are pre-Anthem the game. So. So as we go through, as uh, as our team of freelancers destroy a bunch of scar, they take down a bunch of turrets. They put the echoes back into the thing, and then the thing opens, and they get to continue on. Um, we end up down this tunnel, which looks like spiders have been living in it for forever. And spiders are gross, and spiders are disgusting. So death to all spiders. And it definitely looks like other people have been making their way out into the forest and i know previously they said hey if you don't have power armor you probably shouldn't go out into the wilds but there's a lot of indication that people are still trying to go out here so what are they going out here for are they going out to find shaper tech are they going out to fight the dominion are they you know agents for the dominion what's going on because there's a lot of people that are strung up in these spiderweb cocoons down in this cave it's very disturbing so yeah, well, and you can see, like, later on, the first time you see the digesters, spiders, you know, the ones that shoot acid. Yeah. Like, one of them was, like, feeding on, like, it looked like a person. Uh, but it could have just been a scar. I mean, these those, you know, humanoid-looking things could be actual scars. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. And I and I thought that when, when the digester was feeding, I thought it was on an actual human. I couldn't tell if that person was alive because then our player immediately ground pounds right on top of that poor person. That was being eaten alive. They're so, not alive uh, anymore. Yeah, so it's like you're doing the work. You're doing the work for the scar or for the digesters. Well done. And then the particle explosions that we've seen are really impressive. We saw an ultimate ability um, from from the main colossus that we're following around, and the how big the explosion is yeah. is pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's not. It's not saying, no, we don't want it to be too big because it detracts away from what you're doing. I think they're saying, no, let's just go big or go home because that's what people want to see. I mean, is any of that distracting? like superheroes, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is we're going out and we're doing kind of superhero type stuff. And, and uh, you know, all this stuff is larger than life and huge, you know. I mean, there's huge creatures out there. So, I mean, they got to have big explosions, got to have something to put uh, some hurt to the enemy. So... Yeah, everything that we've seen so far with the, how big the flames get and how big the explosions get is pretty impressive. So really enjoying yeah, the, that portion of the demo. Yeah, the particles, like when they first go in through the spider area and everything and they see the dead big spider, uh, you know, I was like, man, those particles are just ridiculous. It's so, it looks so good. So. Yeah, all the spiders should be dead anyway. So as we get to um, as we get to finally fight the swarm tyrants, this big giant face hugging monster of a creature. One thing I noticed as the Colossus was flying around as they were shooting their gun, um, the barrel of the of the machine gun that we're using actually overheats and it turns orange. Um, while you're reloading, it actually starts to cool down and goes back to the normal color. So kind of cool little details that you could easily miss if you're not watching for it. So makes it feel like okay that's how a gun would actually function if you're firing you know 200 rounds through it 
it would heat up, it would glow, it would get hot. Also, the same thing happens for the thrusters on the back. If you hover for too long, your, your thrusters will shut down and the thrusters on your back and a bunch of the metal around the thruster actually starts to grow glow orange until it finally cools down and it goes back to its normal coloring. So a very cool effect um, that I saw. Um, it looks really cool as it's happening. It's probably a great visual cue that your backpack, your jets are getting too hot that you need to land. So something that I did not notice before that I noticed um, as I watched it this time. So. Yeah, unless you're the uh, storm, you know, who can hover for a very long time and doesn't actually use thrusters. <laughs> then you got to watch out for that kind of stuff. So, anything else? There's a lot you, of cool stuff. Is there anything else that you guys noticed this time around that you you didn't notice previously? Uh, yeah, I mean, so a couple of things we kind of uh, skipped over. There was like uh, the ranger flare ability, you know, flare down there. That was pretty cool. Um, obviously, you, earlier think, on in this, they found the rune. Do you which, think? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot the rune. Do you think the flare is an emote? Um, I don't think it's an emote. Uh, I don't. I mean, it could be, or it could just be some other like ability that they haven't shown off. You know, where you maybe you got the D-pad ability to to throw stuff out or whatever. I mean, it seemed pretty cool. I mean, it, it was actually of use. You know, when they tossed the flare down into the water, it lit up the water, lit up the you know fog or whatever that it went through. So. I mean, that was cool. Um, Do you think other than that, it, it would provide a bonus of some sort during combat? Um, I don't think so. I think it's just going to light up some area that's maybe dark. I don't – I mean, we have flashlights. We saw that in the trailer from last year. Yeah. I mean, you can see that the javelins have, have lights to be able to light up the area. So um, I don't know how, how useful it will be besides here's a crazy-looking cave that goes who knows where. Let's throw a flare down there and watch it. I mean, some cool stuff. Yeah. But um, another thing I noticed is, you know, the the enemies have tiers, you know, as, as they're going. If you're regular enemies, you get your elites, and then you get your legendaries. And then obviously this boss here. Um, and those, like, the elites and legendaries both have skulls over their head with, like, a single line. And then the legendary has a double line. And then this swarm tyrant that you're showing off right here has three lines with a different-looking skull. Um, you know, to kind of give you a classification of enemy level and... Uh, you know, how, how difficult they're going to be to kill. So, Right on. JD, is there anything that stuck out to you um, more so than previous times or that you have watched this? Uh, well, I mean, this time I just got to take in more of the... Uh, more Like, just more of, like, the finer details of the game and of the world. Um, because, you know, f f the first time I was trying to, like, uh, I was just kind of blown away by everything like seeing it like up close um and uh yeah it's um it's... i mean could you imagine if this 20 minute demo was like what we had a year ago like how much we would actually have been able to talk about <laughs> instead of going over the same seven minutes over and over again i mean they they packed a lot of stuff into here um mm -hmm. without I mean, they, and they still have a lot more to go. We still don't know anything about the crafting system. We still don't, we know very little about Fort Tarsus and the different people that are going to be inhabiting it. We know very little about the storm, very little about the interceptor. We know we're going to learn more about those um, towards the end of the fall. So there's still, yeah. there's still so much more information. We, we know little about the Dominion. Oh, we have factions. We have maybe a, a concept art about a uh, Dominion enemy, if that's even what it is. 
Although one thing that, that we did notice is they were going through their menus. They did have a bunch of their concept art as the backdrops that they were using. Yeah. And it, it's those backdrops that have the moving, uh, I forget what they call the images that, I mean, they're still images, but they have all the different effects going on them. Yeah, but, the particles but, or whatever, the looking ones. Yeah, but the storm in that image actually doesn't have a cape. Um, it has two like ribbons coming down on each side of its hips. So, and that also has the interceptor that has playing flag football. Yeah, it's playing flag football. Hasn't been caught yet, and also has the interceptor Confirmed. that has the knife. And I'm assuming that if they're going to have that in there, I mean that could just be placeholder. It doesn't mean it's going to come out that way. But I would assume if they're going to show it off now, um, that the melee weapon for the interceptor is probably going to be that dagger that it has. So that's kind of cool because we did not see any of the melee attacks um, during this demo. Unless well, I, I mean, we saw the one. Colossus like melee, like in, in this boss battle when a couple of the spiders are close to him, you can see him like smack him, you know, or slam into the slam the ground. He didn't do the jump pound, but like he hit the ground and knocked him away from him and stuff. Oh, so times. maybe so maybe the melee effect actually has a an area of effect also on the Colossus. I'm I'm guessing so because it is such a large javelin. I mean, when you're when I'm watching it, I was like. And it just seems like it's so much bigger than the other javelins. And, I mean, we already know that it can use either the, the shield or, or its fists to, to do melee damage. So um, I just thought that it was really interesting right there. Um, uh, you know, I mean, the sword, I'm guessing that is the uh, melee weapon for uh, the interceptor. I mean, it, it just kind of fits with the rogue type of uh, play style that it's supposed to be. You know, right? Um, and we already saw the ranger has, you know, that that club that goes out that has the electrical, you know, the lightning damage on it. Uh, we've the seen shock that shock mace, I think they called it on Twitter somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that thing looks cool. Uh, we don't know what the storm's gonna have. I haven't seen any kind of melee for the storm. We Although have... with the uh, glass cannon, I don't know if you want to get close enough to people to hit them. So. Yeah, if you would want to be up and close. We did see a couple of the projectiles coming from the storm seem to have a uh, homing aspect to it. Mm -hmm. um, the bolts that it shot out at a couple of the spiders or it actually tracked them. So I don't know yeah. if that... I'm assuming that's an ability and not a, a weapon that it has, but we didn't see any of the weapons um, from the storm. I think they had a machine gun and maybe a, and maybe a pistol, I think I, I saw it fire like once at the uh, the swarm tyrant you know while its other stuff was reloading like it shot a couple bullets but other than that it was always using its abilities that's what it looked like to me yeah I think it was focusing more on ads than anything else so oh. I did see earlier though before like when right when we found so after you kill those first spiders and they have those three spiders that hatch from the eggs uh, that the ranger had some kind of weapon that ricocheted the bullet ricocheted and hit all three of them I don't. You have to watch it again. It like shoots the first one, hits the second, and goes back to the third. Oh, I, th I thought that was the. Three. I thought that was the storm. No, yeah. So that's what I thought originally, but I watched it again, and you can see that the ranger goes up in front, and then it shoots something, and it it because the storm is still in the back huh. of the Colossus because the ranger takes point. Because it was a blue projectile, right? And that's why I assumed it was coming from the yeah. storm. So. And that, I I thought the same thing as well until I again just to verify that same point, but so. A lot of interesting things. Um, JD, did you have anything to add before we before we move on? Uh, no? no, not really. Had to step out for a second. Had a little bit of a, an emergency outside. I understand. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much more to talk about. That I mean, we're just barely covering a quick little overview of what went down 
you know, there's still a ton to talk about in this demo. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good information. I'm excited. To <clears throat> I mean, obviously, hopefully we're going to get more before before the, the year's out. We'll have more to talk about. But one thing that we will definitely talk about next time, I think we're going to touch a lot about on the story that we do know. And then one thing that has been coming up a lot lately um, is the idea of them not having um, a PvP mode. There's no battle arena, no get in and just fight each other, or there's no uh, deathmatch, no normal Halo Slayer in there. So that's one thing that's been coming up a lot, and I think we might talk about that next time also. Our thoughts on it, our ideas on it. On I'll probably play devil's advocate and say why it should have PvP. I don't really believe that, but we need to have a contrary opinion or else we're just going to be saying yep i agree this game does not need pvp because really i don't think it does but a lot of people are asking for it there's a lot of great pvp games out there that you can go and play that are solely focused on that so if if there's nothing else guys if you have nothing else to add i think that's where we will call it for episode 44 of the freelancer codex podcast this has been the longest running um anthem podcast on the internet We've been running for, man, it's been a little over a year, going strong. Consistency and just putting content out there, I think, is the key. You can follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com slash Freelancer Codex. You could follow us all individually. We'll put all that in the show notes. But tell a friend about the podcast. If you enjoy what we do, let someone know. Leave a five-star review on the iTunes store. It helps out a lot. Or you, if you want to, you can support us at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. If this is content that you feel is worthy of a couple bucks, send it our way and we'll be ever so grateful. But until next time, there's a shaper storm coming. We'll see you on the other side. Later. And you Bye-bye. should come join our Discord. We'll join. We'll put all of that information at the end of the episode. So you can come join the conversation with like-minded people. We've got a really good group of people in our Discord that are pretty active. And it's a good group of people to talk Anthem about. So without being drowned out about random nonsense. But that's neither here nor there. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. I mean, this is... Look how, look how happy Mike is up there. He's just excited. So excited. Have you ever seen Mike more excited than he is right now? I haven't. Never. Never. Mike, we'll have you back. We miss you.